Yo, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Look at God Podcast. We are back again for another sweet episode. Thank you for tuning in. We have two phenomenal ladies here with us. One fan favorite, and the other is a first. The fan favorite, of course, is the one and only amazing Carolina. Carolina, say something to the people. Hi. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. She's going to save all the words for later. And the other is none other than Patu to herself. Oh, not the Patu. That's personal for you. Come on now. If you don't know me, don't call me that. Don't call her that. Don't call her that. Kind of like Loombug from a couple weeks ago. Loombug. You don't call her Loombug. But yes, do not call her that. She's got a six foot five, 275 pound cop diesel boyfriend that was later. Oh, I don't need that. Dang. Just don't call me that. I don't answer. Can you, can you, can you oh, okay, okay. Don't answer. I'll just look. Because he was here too. I was trying to talk to him. He's more like 5'8", 175, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she don't need him. <laughs> Not least for this apartment, but Patricia. Thank you for coming in with us. Thank you for having me. Most definitely. And then, of course, snapping finger, Jarvis. <laughs> you know how I do it. Uh, as we kick it off, man, I was just thinking, man. Since we have two, you're always here. Beautiful young woman here today. Oh, see, I'm giving y'all compliments. I mean, I said thank you. Oh, man, I ain't even saying nothing about Carolina Head. We are already two minutes in. Boy, look at God. Boy, I'm growing. Uh, As you just said something. Yeah. For the icebreaker. Hmm. For the icebreaker today. Favorite Kirk Franklin. Favorite. You definitely done that. <laughs> yes, thank you. I appreciate you. You're just in a singing mood. That's why. Yeah, I've been singing all day. All day. All day. All day. The first hour of us being here was you singing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My voice. So no Kirk Franklin. No Kirk Franklin? We definitely did. Oh, man. Dang. That's all I had, baby. That's all I had. Oh, uh, we can go. That's a, what's an artist that's very Secular. That's so secular. Let's go with the most popular artist of all time. Michael Jackson. The, mm, you tripping. The best person to ever walk the planet besides Jesus. When you get, oh, come on, boy. You, you tripping. Mm. You know, the queen. Oh, Beyonce. B. Oh, Beyonce. Beyonce. Not Favorite Beyonce song. Wow, look at God. Why, 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 why was I tripping? Kurt Franklin. Oh, Who need Kurt when you got Beyonce, oh, man? Wow. Favorite Beyonce song. Favorite Beyonce song. Favorite Beyonce song. Oh. Yeah, I gotta think uh, about for that. me, you know, uh, oh, as a long time, long tenure member <laughs> of the Beehive, I would have to go with for my favorite Beyonce song. Uh, oh man, it's hard because I, I want. Can I include Destiny Child? No, that's not Beyonce. That's, that's Destiny Child. Man, Destiny Child was just Beyonce and the other three girls. Wow. And nobody really cared about. Some respect on Kelly's name. Hey, I, uh, if Kelly Rowland, I love your music. <laughs> yeah. 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 Michelle, yeah. you're phenomenal. Latoya, oh. you are phenomenal. Okay. These opinions are of Jarvis <laughs> and not exactly. hashtag Look at God podcast. Okay. 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 All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, so my favorite Beyonce song, uh. Dang, this is hard. 
It's harder than I thought it would be. Patricia. So I would have to go to my left, to my left, and I would have to tell Patricia (laughs) to tell her favorite song. Oh, man. To the left, to the left. I got it. Everything you own in the box to the left. I got it. In the closet. Please don't touch. Patricia, please. We ain't talking about that. That's fine. That's your favorite song, dude. At the same time. She yeah, had good energy in that song, too. Yeah, she did. That's um, actually written by me, and we talked about her. Okay. I would say the only song that's coming to mind right now is Love on Top. That's a dope song. That is a lot. Yeah. Fire. She definitely did a lot with her voice, yeah. going up off this, yeah. Ooh, modulations and all of that. Yeah. Yes. Come on. She's a singer. You can hear modulations. <laughs> so, yeah, that oh. would be my... Yeah. yeah. Modulations was... Ah, yes. Modulations was fire. Uh, Hetty Murphy. Caroline. Miss Caroline. Caroline. Horrible. Yeah, I'm about to walk out. Um... <laughs> I'll say me, myself, and I. Oh, me, myself, and I. It just got you feeling yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's actually a good song. Can it I is. Me, I, I think me gonna sample that, right? Mm-hmm. Can't, can't nobody sample Beyonce. Like Beyonce. He did. And that's yeah. not what yeah. I Even when Beyonce sampled Beyonce. Me too. Man, Derek, boy. So this is definitely Justin Timberlake's song. But I like Until the End of Time. Mm, I think the they did a fire job on that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I want to switch my song. Oh, wow. no. You, I mean, you, you don't technically hey, did it. Oh, girl, you lucky, lucky, like. Oh, hey. Yeah. Would you come over and hang up on it? I don't like it. They don't want it. They don't want it. What you like about that song? The video. <laughs> the video. What? <laughs> now we're oh. talking about video. Uh, I think Dance for You. Mm. Dance for You is good, too. The song, yeah, for sure. But the was, video. She in the, was she in the wine glass? What? Okay, cool. Um, no, dance yeah. video was like a burlesque. Oh, yeah. That's naughty girl, not dance for you. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, that's what she's doing. I don't want to dance for you. You want my body, touch your body. Um, you know, you like it when I rock it. Um, Give me body was a good dance. Yeah. 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 You love all the body songs. She definitely has a lot of music. Yeah, I say, man, that's my first love. Oh. Okay. Jay-Z, if anything... God forbid anything happened to Jay-Z. Yeah. You up right next. <laughs> it's you. He looking for you, huh? Looking for you. It's between me and Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Uh, right now. The opinions of that yes. guy. Oh, uh, this does not reflect Jarvis. Uh, oh, this is respectful. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, my fault. God forgive me. And uh, Beyonce, he listening. Uh, please forgive me as well. Uh, so today, I want to talk about something that's really near and dear to all of us, right? And you guys don't know where I'm going with this, do you? No. But we want to talk about the importance of testimonies. Okay. Wow. The importance of testimonies. First of all, what are testimonies? Question mark. Um, well, testimony is just your life, like a lifestyle that you live or you lived. Um, I think it's just the power of your story. That's it. Um, I would say a testimony is like a message that you're trying to get across for everybody to 
either hear or see like what you've been through and how you overcame it or how you're going through it. I definitely agree with that notion. Um, even my testimony, I think it wasn't until a brother had poked at it and said, hey, that's your story. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I didn't really story. realize it. He said testimony. He didn't say story. And it's like, I was like, really? He's like, you didn't realize that was your testimony? What was his testimony? And I was like, my story? And then <laughs> I reflected, and I was like, oh, I guess that's kind of sort of what that was. But yeah, we were literally going down as he was trying to get to know me better. Um, just like, yo, how did you get here? How this, that, and the third. And I'm just out here giving him a breakdown of where I'm coming from. And for me, it's just, well, this is my life. But I guess there's power in the fact that I was once lost, but I am found. Mm -hmm. So that's my testimony. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I disagree with all three. That's a beautiful thing. And you have the right to. Yeah. yeah. God bless yeah, you. Yeah. So y'all saying, y'all saying like story, my life. But what separates your story, your life? From anything. So if I tell my story, is that my testimony? Is my story what's it, what separates my story, my life story, and the testimony? It's I believe it's kind of evidence. It should be only one thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is that one thing, man? The gospel. Yeah. The gospel. The good news. I mean, but essentially I mean, when I said message, you that's that's the message that you're trying to send out with your testimony that you want everybody to hear and understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean, testimony exists outside of the gospel, though, outside of church, second week. And I mean, when sure. you go to court, you have to give a give testimony, testimony of what of, happened. So mm -hmm. it's, I get what you're saying. But it's still but, to prove a point yeah. of whatever side that you're on. Like yeah. you're, so is there a testimony without the gospel? Technically, yes. Yes. Based on what he just said. Yeah. Wow. You have a testimony in court. You you're defending your position. Yeah. So it's just a story. Yeah. Even when the Christians get up there and they tell like this testimony about their life, they don't need to include the gospel. Technically speaking, no. You would expect it because you are in a, in a, in a church house, but technically speaking, they could just be out here talking about the side of their neck, talking about a living God. He gave you a new Lambo. That's good. But if you want to be intentional, yeah. right, yeah. then yes. You would definitely include the gospel, include God's word, include you know, the trials that you have gone through um, and how the Holy Spirit has helped you yep. in those trials. And, yes. And glory to him yes. versus, oh, look how I made it through. Right, yeah. right. That's, That's it right there. Yeah, I like this, uh, this <laughs> definition that I found. It says, evidence or proof that provides the existence or appearance of something. So when a Christian gives a testimony, he wants to provide the existence of Jesus. He wants to provide the uh, the proof of Jesus. So I think it's a difference between, you know, I'm giving the testimony for my homeboys uh, or in court, or and I'm giving a, a testimony in church. Because I feel like uh, the formal written statement, which is the other definition that they show, I think that's more of the world context. But in the church context, the testimony for me, I think it has to show Jesus in it, or it's no longer a testimony. It's just a story of my life. It's kind of like preachers. Preachers preach without the gospel. They preaching? Yeah. So do you, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like people do it, but uh, it's up to you to, I guess, to have discernment to get what you're supposed to get out of it, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But yes, it can be stated without. And, and yes, I think it's 
without the gospel, without Jesus, without I was dead and now I'm alive, without looking at how he's moved in my life. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you are you're taking the attention off of him and putting it on something else, but it can definitely be given um, without the proper acknowledgement. What's the, right? the question that you asked? Is he preaching? Yeah, is he preaching at that point? Because he said a preacher can... Preacher not telling the gospel. Yeah, he's well, not then that's necessarily where... talking about the word or anything, but he's... Or is he a motivational speaker? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to bring that up because you mentioned being at church. So in your head, there's an idea of if you're at church, is how it should go. But mm-hmm. sometimes it don't go yeah. that way. Mm. But if it don't go that way, then is it then is it then God glorifying? Then is it, is, do we put in the, uh, the context of being a testimony? No, the testimony doesn't have to be done in church. Um, it's but I mean I. I, it's best done anywhere, really. Like you can give a testimony at work. It doesn't have to say Jesus loves you to testify. Uh-huh. You can just kind of when you sh- when you show hope or strength or power in your story, that's a testimony mm-hmm. um, because it's some type of good news. It was you were in a bad place, now you're at a good place. You're lost, now you're found. That's a testimony. So it doesn't really have to be done in church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, I can I can rock with that. Uh, why do you think we have testimonies then? What are they for? I would say that it teaches life lessons to yourself and to others. Amen. Um, I like that. It connected. Right? Twofold, baby. Yeah. Twofold. Because sometimes, you know, you have a testimony, even when you don't share, you still remember, like, yep. I went through this. Yep. So mm-hmm. I can definitely lean on this. And then when you see somebody in need of that, story or that experience that you had it's it it will help them out as well as i was thinking testimony i'm just thinking of plenty of times in the bible in which he's like remember remember mm-hmm. remember remember yeah. have your children remember like don't forget how good your father has been mm-hmm. to you so definitely twofold it's definitely uh our uh a hope that you stand on and, and, and a trust to know that hey if he's got me through this, he would definitely get me through another. Same God. Um, same God. Um, and also for the next person, you know, obviously showing the power, the the, the conviction, yeah. uh, the trust that you have in this God that you believe in that seems to be, because I think action speaks a lot, you know. Right. Um, and, and while you may be able to have a hard time grasping this idea of a God, or you think he's in the sky or the clouds or whatever the case may be, like, my experiences, my hurt, my successes, my uh, revival. I mean, you, how are you going to fight what I've gone through? I've got nothing to prove to you, yeah. you know. So, but it's, it's definitely twofold for for the person, for the sake of hope, um, and for yourself, for the sake of remembering. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Caroline, um, you had anything? No, I was just going to say it's, it's like some type of substance that you have, something tangible that you can hold on to and even like you can actually give it to somebody else too mm-hmm. I like so um i think for me personally testimony is something that i can hold on to and not just keep but actually like share and still be able to keep it for myself but actually be able to spread it so yeah yeah, yeah. and i think i think something you can hold i don't lie to you i'm gonna I'm have some pushback on that a little bit just because i feel like it's something that we should share because if God did brought us through it, he didn't bring it, let's do it for us. Right. You know what I'm saying? He brought us through it for the next person. 
So, you know, I think when it comes to testimonies, don't get me wrong, certain things are harder to share than others. Right. But uh, I think the power in sharing it is God giving it for us, to us, so we can share it to the next person. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we don't, like, you know, we call it to love people. It's something, it's love to share this story so you can come out of your dark place. So uh, with that, I want to tell the testimony. I need you guys to thank in the meantime, we want to think about a testimony that you heard that really resonated with you. You can think about anybody's testimony that you heard. Uh, you can give a name, celebrity, anything. So y'all think in, and I'm going to share one that I heard. I actually heard Kirk Franklin's testimony. And uh, Kirk Franklin, you know, Kirk Franklin grew up, had a father was absentee. He was raised by a family friend, didn't really know his mother. Uh, but he was telling his testimony about after he got married. And after he got married, you know, him and his wife both came into a relationship with kids. So he wasn't like a virgin or anything. But I guess she never knew that he was struggling with it so much, with perversion. And uh, he was talking about how he was watching porn and he was watching it habitually throughout their marriage. And it wasn't until like a couple years in that she actually find out. She actually caught him. And it was like something where he was really shook about. Where it's like, man, I've been married all this time. I done had my wife right here, and I still struggle with sex. So, I mean, I still struggle with pornography. So, that testimony definitely stood out to me because I think, and Derek, you can probably co-sign this a little bit too. I think as men, we feel like you struggle with sex, and then once you get married, all of that struggle will go. Only men have that struggle? Wow. Hmm? Only men have that struggle? That's real. Is it? Ah, uh, my fault. Okay. <laughs> that, I was, was, I just that was misogynist. Please, please. <laughs> that was misogynist. But I was saying men men believe that, that that's secure. Like, yo, I get married okay. and I'm good. That's what I'm saying. But uh yeah, there you can you can add on to that a little bit. But uh um very key point. Um but that's, I'm glad you just woke up because I don't I never really particularly I guess heard from a woman's perspective. I know women struggle through porn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just know that we're we're a visual species as far as the guys. We like they tell you like ninety percent of our thoughts throughout the day is like sex. Like outside of that, it's like okay, we got like ten percent capacity for other stuff. But like someone walks by, you sit, you get a sense, you hear a voice, like your mind goes wild. But yes, there is an idea that the second um, you get married, it's like okay, that's my problem. I'm just not hunkered down, I guess, with one where I can have it in as much quantity as I want. Um, that's why I'm, I'm struggling the way that I am. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. like life in the pit of hell. Yeah. You go into a marriage with that uh, desire raging without, you know, um, finding some peace in, in God with it. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're putting you and that woman in a bad place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got from that testimony. Mm-hmm. Where if you're not working on yourself yeah. before you get married, yeah. there's certain things that you're going to bring into even your marriage yeah. that may still be broken. Yeah. So you have to work on yourself before you can get married. And that's why that specific testimony stood out to me. Anybody else, do you have a testimony that you feel like stood out to you? Mm-hmm. Or you can even tell your own, if you guys feel comfortable, telling <laughs> your own redemption story, your own testimony. 
Cool. So let me tell you about one that I saw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not tonight. Um, <laughs> so um, there was a. Um, I remember I was watching this movie, and this guy, successful guy, married kids. So back to you expressing how I guess you feel like you get to marriage and all this stuff should be figured out. And he's just kind of sort of going through a very stressful period in his life. Um, and at first it just started off as something harmless, like just being on these, these chats, you know, these, 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 these online threads with conversations with women. This is like this 20 years ago. Cause I, I don't, I don't know what the space be like nowadays, but I know back in the days chats and those phone calls, I don't know if you've seen the commercials, call me now, 878-922-6865. I like to have a conversation with you. Horrible. But I watched them. I saw BT late at night. I don't know if BT really had them. I don't know. definitely don't. That's a fake number. Try it if you want to. If it is. Uh, if, it's a, if it's the right number, don't judge me. I don't know. But literally, this guy was, he was entertaining it. You know, it, it's harmless, it's harmless, it's harmless. And then he entertained it enough where one day it became, yo, do you want to meet up? And he said, whoa, we're here. And he met up. And that was the first time in which he violated his marriage. And it was just kind of sort of like a spiral from there. So one time came from two times, ten times, this, that, and the third. Eventually, he gets caught because he bought lingerie for one of the women while she was speaking. He was cheating to Wow. Yes, he was out here. Wife kinds the lingerie, finds the receipt. Confused, not her size. What the f is going on? He kind of small. My man <laughs> is stumbling on his words. So they go through counseling. They get back together. My man does it again. Wow. So she was gracious enough to take him back amongst all that he was doing, and he fell again. So now it's really bad for the both of them. He is in shame, like. She was gracious enough to take me back, and dude, what the f you doing it again? But you know, I think what happens is they might have been dealing with the symptoms and not the root of the issue. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they've got kids together. It's it's it was crazy. Eventually, <laughs> they get divorced. Um, and I can't don't quote me on the years. I'm guessing ten. Um, but they go through a ten year breakup. Like we're divorced. We're just co-parenting. I mean, my man is now in Christ. He's, Jesus has met him. He's 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 getting down to the root of these issues and realizing that you know his desires was in, in career and, and affluence and affirmation and all the things in which it shouldn't have been in. Uh, but the beautiful thing I liked about the story is actually that they found themselves getting married again. So after eleven years or so, they ended up renewing vows. They got married again, and from there. That's good. Look at God. Christ that. was Christ. So that that that's obviously a, a picture of Christ, man, because you know um, he renews dead things, obviously for His glory. You know, not just things for that you want, but he he is a lover of marriage. He is a lover of um, you know seeing us in life and, and not um, at the hands of our brokenness, not at the hands of just our our fleshly desires. So. Seeing that testimony was, was pretty powerful for me. That's good. That's good. I like that. Uh, Patricia, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. 
I can put you on the spot. You know why? Because, you know, you're my sister in Christ. <laughs> and uh, I've already heard your testimony. Oh, okay. So, you know, my guests haven't. Uh, neither have these two uh, uh, lovely lovely people in front of us. Uh, these beautiful people? Yeah, I was going to lie. I was actually going to say the testimony that I heard that was really good. on the podcast. No, I want to actually hear your testimony. My testimony. Um... Okay. <laughs> um, I would say uh, I was 15 or 16 years old when my dad passed. And at the time, um, I was like a seasonal like churchgoer. So definitely couldn't call myself a Christian. I would go to church Christmas, Easter, New Year's. Come on, maybe. Man. Maybe. Um and my dad had always been sick. I mean, I couldn't remember him being sick since I was like eight or nine years old. Um, but when he finally passed, it was it was all women in the house. So he was the only guy, the only male there. And then for him to be our dad to pass, it really definitely hit me really hard. And I remember the day going home, leaving the hospital. And I walked into my room and I remember screaming and laying out on my bed. And I didn't, I didn't realize it in that moment that God was keeping me, but it wasn't up until like maybe two or three years later when I really, really, well, no, I think a couple months after he passed, I gave my life to Christ. But you know, like when you give your life to Christ, but you're like, and yeah. you're out, you're in and you're out. So, um, and taking Christ seriously, you know, he, he revealed to me how he kept me from like just going crazy because and not to say that I didn't go crazy or I didn't have wild times as a teenager um, from losing my dad, but definitely God. Um, I remember vividly like him just helping me to understand how he covered me, how he wrapped me um, in him when my dad passed and just filling in that role as a father and being there every step of the way. So, um, so you lost one dad. And gained oh, for sure. So I, I always went through. Like, okay, my dad wasn't there when I started driving. He wasn't there for my graduation in high school, my graduation in college. Like, he missed all the pivotal points that a girl would want her dad to be there for. Yeah. And God reminds me all the time that he was there, that he's the one that got me to that point, um, providing financially, being there, you know, physically with my family, with people that love me. Um, and that's one of the testimonies that I hold on to. I mean... It's one of the testimonies that no, when I say no one can't take that away from me, you wow. can't tell me that God isn't real. Yeah. That I would, there's mm. nothing that you could say, oh, it's the white man's religion. Listen to me. I was at the bottom. I felt like I was losing it. That's and good. God was definitely there. He definitely kept me and mm. kept my mind like right, you know, because yeah, yeah. I don't gave know if you peace. guys know, and yeah, gave me peace. Gave I don't know if you peace. guys know anybody that. They were okay, and now they're not okay, like, yeah. mentally. Yeah. And I think that's the role that I would have been on, but God, I, I don't know why. Why me? Yeah. That yeah. grace, that mercy, I don't know why me, but he definitely kept me. That's yeah. Good. And that's the beauty of testimony. It's like, just like you said, nobody can take your nah. story away from yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, when you have your experience with God, nobody can take that away. Yeah. So, like, you may forget, like, of certain things that may have happened, but your personal story doesn't go anywhere. No. And I think... I don't know if it, it's God revealing himself to you personally mm -hmm. in that testimony. So that, that's beautiful, man. For sure. Uh, 
you know. For sure. Thank you. You know, you know where I'm going. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, thank you. It gets easier. I just make you share all the time. All the time. All the time. It's beautiful. And I think the first time I shared it was at a hangout. Yes. It was beautiful too. Yeah. Yeah. So Carolina, I think it's the first time you need to share it in front of everybody. Um, I'll give you guys one testimony. Actually, very re- it's very fresh in my mind because it's something that God has been taking me to. Um, I guess a couple of years ago, I um, I I witnessed some uh, like an elderly man like taking advantage of a little kid, a little kid, um, and um, I was in my hometown in Orlando, and um, eventually I had to like pretty much reporting all these things because nobody was doing anything to protect the little boy. Um, the man was um, somebody I trusted, loved, respected. Like you wouldn't believe, I wouldn't even believe if somebody told me that this man did that. So it was hard for me to be like, yeah, you know, and I eventually a lot of people find out that it was me that, you know, um, was the one that told whatever. Um, and a, probably like 80% of the relationships I had there was gone. Like no one's wow. pretty much, a lot of people stopped talking to me. A lot of families stopped talking to me. Um, and then like a year later, I moved from there to South Florida. Um, and I didn't realize that I, it took me like 25 years to literally realize that that situation actually made me like not want to build any relationships period. Like I was wow. very cold, um, to, to build any type of close intimate because the close intimate relationships that I had were gone, like yeah. literally, like people that knew me from like the ugly Carolina, the good, the bad, the like mm-hmm. everything, like they were gone, like, you know, and um, that was, and I thought I didn't care. I'm like, I don't care, whatever, let's move on. But like, then I seen the patterns of the relationships that are around me and none of them were healthy, none of them were real. I wasn't real with anybody. Um, and then somebody, and then it made me like, dang, should I have, like, I, I didn't regret like confessing about the kid because nobody was speaking up for him but um it made me like dang like because of this kid i lost everybody that i loved for the most part um and then somebody i like think a couple days ago somebody told me um though they weren't the one witnessing that you know the situation but she was she told me that she was actually a victim of um being molested and she told me how that affects the effects of having that and um and then i think that not that what happened to her gave me hope but like just to be able to, because she was a teen, but the kid was like probably five. Um, so he didn't have much of a voice really. Like, you know, nobody, really, not even his mom believed him. So um, so it, when she kind of shared me like her story and how much it triggered her, um, it kind of gave me like, okay, can I know you were, like, even though you lost all these people, um, but you did the right thing. Um, you're getting a new family, you know, and I, I'm thankful for, even the family, like not not, it doesn't even have to be blood, like like last name wise, but just the blood of Jesus. Like mm-hmm. I'm thankful for those that He has placed around me um, to kind of like, you know, kind of like encourage me or just even being there. Because a lot of times you don't have to say much to me, but just being present means a lot to me. But um, that's something that I carried on for like I don't know. Let me see. It happened when I was like 20, 21, 22. So uh, maybe like three years or so. Um, and I try to forget about it. I really did because that image is not a, it's not a good image. Um, a lot of times for like a whole year, I couldn't sleep like, because I can like, I literally imagine everything that happened. And, um, I remember being mad at God because I'm like, Mm -hmm. 
why you why you why you want me to see that stuff? Like what what kind of God? Like I was literally like, what kind of God like allows somebody to see? It's one thing to be the victim, but to actually see the act of it, like seeing everything, like very visual. It's not TV, it's real life. Um, so that just triggered my mind. I didn't trust like old men. Like if you're like 15 up, don't don't come around me. Like I'm not gonna be around you. Like I was very and I didn't realize that until certain things happened in my life that um I seen that I was like Ugh. Like you're old, like don't don't look at me, like you know. Yeah. Um, but um, but that's something that I, I, I that's something that I carry with me because I've seen that there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, "Speak for those that can't speak for themselves." Um, and that kid, he needed that um, because no one was willing to speak. No one believed me, um, and I lost a lot. But I feel like with I feel like that kid now can like start the process of healing. Um, and even like thinking about the kid, he has a little brother. What what if he thinks it's normal and does that to his little brother? Yeah. So like just think, I was thinking all these things because I'm like, no, this is not okay. And it took it took so much like <laughs> to be able to say, yeah, this happened. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm I'm thankful one because um, I'm still dealing with the whole process of not being mad anymore because yeah. I still sometimes it, 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 I can sleep now. I can say that I can I can actually sleep and not think about it as much anymore. But um, it was I'm able to like see the goodness of God through it because um I don't know how long it's been happening, but I, I I have a feeling that it's been happening for a while. But I'm thankful that somebody caught it, mm -hmm. somebody said something about it. Yeah, um man. the guy is no longer around kids anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, the kid is able to uh, you know, I'm not his mom, his parents don't really talk to me anymore, but um but I'm thankful that the kid is gonna be able to like see that that's not normal, you know, that yeah, that good. this thing is not this is not my portion, like you know, right? Yeah. That 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 doubt or that confusion, because that brings a lot of confusion. Right. Yeah. Like that's yeah, that's not, not yeah, that's not my portion. So I'm thankful yeah. that even at a young age, because I think it's good that it's starting that young that way he can kind of grow to be the man that God, God has called him to be. But just hearing somebody else's testimony of being the actual victim, it kind of gave me like hope and just assurance that okay, Carolina, you're you're okay, you're gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing, Carolina. And I know this is something new for you, so I appreciate that. Uh, really. Thank you, Carolina. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Man. Man. Oh, boy. Derek, boy, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm gonna press you too, boy. Uh, you, know, press her, well, you press me. You know, you know why? Not tonight. You know why? Because we, we, we have these two women that really got very vulnerable. You know, and we get vulnerable all the time. You, you go back to listen to trauma. We got vulnerable, vulnerable. Yeah, time. exactly. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but uh, for me, for me, I, I'll give a quick one. Uh, so growing up, I always wanted to. We always wanted to uh, play football and make the NFL. And my reason for it wasn't because I loved the game of football. It was because I seen like yo, you know, everybody says yo, you're this big kid. If you make it to the NFL, you'll be able to pay for certain things. You'll be rich. And the only reason I want to be rich, it wasn't the whole, I want to have a big house, I want to have a mansion. But I had, like, I used to stay, spend summers at my grandmother's house. And, like, to see her and my great-grandmother and my great-uncle living in poverty. Mm. And when my uncles all living there at one point, they, they in and out. Even my pop stayed there once in a while. And it was like, man, I can't see these people living in poverty like anymore, like I want to be the one to take them out. And that was always my goal in life. And then when my grandmother passed, my great-grandmother passed two weeks later, and then it was like, now what? Why do you even want to play now? 
Like, what's your reason now? And I, I realized I had made that my goal was to take them out of poverty. Mm. And then I realized that after they passed, it was like, why do I even do this? Mm-hmm. You know? And then I started to question, like, yo, is this something I really love? What do I love? What do I want to do? What's my purpose? Mm-hmm. And I just went into this real dark place. And then in that dark place, I had uh, made a promise to my grandmother, like, when she passed. Because at the time, I was wild. I had I got arrested maybe about maybe three months before she passed. I had got arrested. And I was still going through the court process and everything around the time she had passed. And I told myself I would never get in trouble again. I'd never get arrested. I'd never get suspended again. And like for me, I I seen after she passed that Sunday. So she passed uh, the week of Mother's Day. Damn. And then that Sunday, so the following Sunday wasn't Mother's Day, but I had my uncle, my grandma had six sons. All of them came to church, and these ain't no church going. Like yeah. not some of them go to church, but the ones that came to church ain't no church goers. So when I seen them there, I realized, man. God can even use somebody's death yep. yeah. to bring that's somebody good. from that's a dead it. place. Yep. And that's what I, that's, that was the one time I seen like, wow, look at God. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, I know one thing that she always wanted is for all her sons to be saved, all her grandkids. And, but to see them all go to church, I, it wasn't, oh, they got saved that day. But it was just like, man, they really, they really committed to this just for her. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I guess I guess to see like man one negative thing God can use anything whether it's death whether so anything can be used by God and we got to see that God has a bigger purpose and for me that's one thing that stood out to me and that was like wow this is this is God at work so all the the football stuff all that stuff don't matter it only matters that people want a, a desire to get closer to God so mm-hmm. yes sir that's good yes sir Derek <laughs> <laughs> you said something, Derek. Derek, yeah, you don't have to press him. Come on, man. Look, you said either you witness one or you give oh, your yeah, own. Yeah, on, yeah. You did, you did, you did, you did. Switch another rule. Lord. You did, man. We're gonna. Oh boy, I'm pressing, pressing. Ah, here we go. Get that one. Get that one, cuz you're the one that makes me <laughs> get you anxiety, boy. Use that one, man. <laughs> so, um. If you listen to trauma, you'll hear, I guess, the pre-course to, I guess, why I am at life now as a teenager. Um, so perversion started early, so causing me to watch like a lot of porn, especially like before you lose your virginity. It's like as close as you can get to it, I guess. And you just get to a point where it's like, all right, you feel like you got something to prove. You got a chip on your shoulder. So find sex. Um start humping like rabbits, but I realized that sex wasn't it. So just to show you how deep the perversion was, so back to the idea of, hey, I'm only dealing with this because I'm in this phase of my life. So like we expressed earlier with marriage, I'm only dealing with the sin of seeing everything, walking, always thinking about sex because I'm not having sex because I'm not married. You get into marriage, that problem's still there. So with me, I figured porn is happening because I'm not having sex. I start having sex and I realize, hell, I'm watching more porn now than I was before. Um, situation got so crazy where even the lady that I was with at the time would ask me, like, yo, like, am I not enough? There's something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Because it'd be like, I'm watching it before. 
we do what we do, and I'm watching it after. It was it was my form of entertainment, I guess. Um, that perversion led to a lot of things. It led to um, me later on having a child, um, and now with this thing that's deeply rooted in me and the stresses of now possibly becoming a father, now I'm like buck wild. Now it's multiple, it's one night stands. Um, I'm, I'm digging every ditch possible to try to fill something that's unfillable or filled by only one thing, which was not what I was trying to fill it with at the time. Um, that, that just led to a very tough time for me and the young lady that I was with. Um, dating multiple at one time. Um, I was living with one, not living with the other. Um, not being the best father that I could be. Um, so many different things. And it's like, I think the craziest thing about this season of my life is I just always remember there was just always these times like I would leave, let's say one heading to another. And in my mind, as I'm driving, I'm thinking, Derek, it's like your Holy Spirit speaking to me like, mm. Derek, what are you doing? And because I couldn't answer the question, I just proceeded. But I just always remember that little voice in the back of my mind like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, so after I got tired of performing or um, digging these ditches um, and, and just seeing the destruction that it was causing in my life, the young lady's life, the relationship, potentially my son's life, um, near-death experiences, you know, the, the idea of my son being taken away from me, it just... Mm -hmm. Very ugly, very, very, very tiresome. I look back at myself and I'm like, yo, I don't know how he has so much energy. Yeah. But got to a point where I said, I'm going to chill. And I guess that was still me trying to operate within a control and the relationship started to crumble. So when I'm finally, let's say, coming to terms with, all right, this is like really bad. Let's let's just let's just kill all this. Um the effects of all that I had done over all those years would haunt this young lady at night. And she's like, yo, I don't know, but I just, you're not the same person in which I fell in love with. I, I can't, I'm not connecting as we want to were. It's yeah. just not like, like a part of me loves you because, you know, and wants this, but yeah. it's not. And things just started to crumble. Mm -hmm. Things started to crumble. Relationships started falling apart. Um, and in my head, it was kind of, instead of, um, you know, understanding where she was coming from, I went towards defense. <sighs> yes. Defense wasn't the word I was looking for, but. Justification? Not justification. <laughs> I was thinking more, um, I went, um, something with an A. I, I, it was, it's a, it's a form of defense, but I. I was more, I went resentful. I was resenting mm. her response to, I guess, my good behavior now. Yeah. Mm. And her lack of wanting to find ways to make this good now. Um, it was, and so just, I just, she was dead to me. And imagine that someone that I had spent so, so long with, um, had a child with, she's going to throw my crap. 
but for some odd reason, I guess the hurt was so deep. The confusion in my life was just so cloudy. It's just like, I, I don't know which way to go. And there's nothing to hold on to no more. No more sex, no more relationship. There's nothing to hold on to. Um, found myself coming here to South Florida. Um, and then it changed from women to career. And I think after doing that, I mean, this is over a span of, let's just say 10 years, bro, of just like just dumb stuff. Eventually, Christ just sat my ass down and I said, F it all. F a girlfriend, F a career. I don't want nothing but just you. Um, and, and there's plenty of times in which those seasons, everything from watching movies, everything from baptism, in which he was, he was continuing to just, you know, be at the door, patiently knocking as he always is. But, you know, as Patricia said, you, you get saved and then like two days later, you're back in the streets, you know, like, <laughs> hey, like it never happens. You know, like um, you expect this grand thing like, OK, I'm going to say yes. And then listen, accounts going to be full. Everybody's going to have love for you. Gas tanking on eat no more. Like every like you said yes to God. And now everything is a OK. But um, I still had struggles. I still had struggles. And and had struggles from within myself and just even the concept of what this idea of being in Christ was. Yeah. I was still very much on do versus um, do less. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I was more on um, how can I make up versus there's nothing, I've done it all. Yeah. And it's just your relationship that I'm seeking. It's your love. It's yeah. your it's trust in me. Yeah. Um, fill me, fill yourself with me and less of everything that you've been trying to fill yourself up with. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Let's Let's be so, close to you. Let's be close to you. Here I am. Is my desire. Okay. Uh, as we, <laughs> thank you, Derek, for sharing, man. I definitely had to pry that up out to you. You see how easy that was? I appreciate you, my brother, man. Uh, so back to testimonies, man. And I know we talked about it earlier, but uh, for the people listening, your story is not for you. Your story is meant to be shared. What if Paul never shared his story? What if David never shared his story? What if Joel never shared his story? What if Jesus never shared his story? You know what I'm saying? So your testimonies are not for you, but your testimonies are your best discipling tools. If we have Christians, we have disciples, are called to make disciples, we have to use our tools to make these disciples. And one of our best tools are our stories, are our testimonies. And I know we talked about it earlier, your story cannot be taken away from you. So now I'm going to leave everybody with this challenge who's listening. Uh, what is your testimony? Who do you need to share your testimony with? Why haven't you shared your testimony? What is calling you to keep your testimony to yourself? Mm -hmm. I need everybody to reflect on that. As we close out, ladies, do y'all have anything to say for the people? Uh, well, there's a scripture. I don't remember it, but it says, um, and they were overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Yes. So um, I think that just sharing your testimony, you're you're being an overcomer, and also the person that you're sharing will overcome. Um, like you know how you said that Jarvis, how you said Kirk Franklin share his testimony, have that moved you. Yeah. So that actually was part of your stepping stone to overcome. So 
just remember that scripture that you will overcome by the blood and lamb and the word of your testimony. Patricia, any any words of encouragement for our guests? I like to think of there is no testimony that's too raw or dirty for it not to be shared. Because what you think is too dirty, somebody's going to do that same thing. Mm -hmm. What you think, like, ah, nobody's going to understand me, you'll be surprised. A lot of people understand you. So yeah. be vulnerable, be open. It's a breakthrough for you and someone else. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. That's good. And just a little heads up, man, we, we're going to open this up. And uh, Derek already knows we already planned this out, but we're going to start sharing testimonies on the podcast. We're going to have guests come and just share their testimonies mm -hmm. and just tell the, their story and use that to disciple. Because everybody, somebody can relate to your story out there. Somebody's dealing with something similar. Somebody has been there. Somebody may still be there. Yeah. You know, you can you can allow them to be set free. Your story is your story of liberation. Uh, with all that, man, my brother, can you close us out, please? Well, I thank you guys for tuning in to another episode and just being with us just to allow us to share our story and to possibly um, allow the Lord to transform within your heart the desire to do the same and even probably have some reflection. Um, I pray that it has been fruitful for you, and um, I ask that you guys share, comment, rate, subscribe, send it to a friend, play it over again. Definitely catch us on the next one. Thank you for tuning in. Take care. Yeah.